Hey guys, Elle here, and welcome to the Virgin Yogi Podcast. Today, I am talking about common misconceptions that people often have of yoga and uh, common questions that I get asked, if not every day, to be honest, but that I get asked pretty frequently, if not every day. Um, But first, as usual, I'm going to do my weekly recap. So what did this week have in store for me? Well... Let's see, it's Thursday now, and to be honest, nothing really, really crazy. I had to buy four new tires for my SUV, and I don't want to talk about how much that costed, Uh, but I did get a rebate, which is really, really cool, so I'm super hyped about that, but uh, got back into my practice a little bit more. I've been running. It's been beautiful here. The weather has been absolutely stunning. Um, I also got my hair done this weekend and that makes me really, really happy. If you know anything about quarantine and getting your hair done, well, need I say any more? But yeah, really nothing too crazy. Like I said, just getting into, back into my practice a little bit better now that things are starting to open up and just having that freedom to be outside because the weather has been beautiful, has really been, it's just really helped me kind of get back into myself, come back to home within me and to find a little bit of balance. So nothing really too crazy. It's been a pretty slow week. Um, I'm trying to think anything huge going on in the world other than this pandemic that is still very much so alive and well. But majority of my coffee shops have opened, so I'm kind of a happy chappy. Not really too upset about it. I am, however, though, kind of missing being able to sit down in a lot of my favorite coffee shops. Um, So it is a little heartbreaking that I only have the drive-through, but days off where I'm not working, I'll just go ahead, walk up, grab a coffee. It's so nice. Kill two birds with one stone. You get a walk-in, you grab your coffee, you walk home. Life is good. Life is great. It's fantastic. Um, But yeah, that's pretty much about all. So ending the weekly recap portion of this all, Moving into common misconceptions and common questions that I get asked frequently. There are tons. My DMs are usually always flooding with people asking um, generally the same questions. I should save them in my phone notes so that I can just like copy, right click, drop it, do the thing, do the damn thing. Regardless, I'm here to answer and address all the misconceptions and all of the questions that I get all the time to my best ability. So I would say one of the number one biggest questions I get is, what is yoga? And I'll be honest, that's a very, very, very valid question. So the word yoga actually is a Sanskrit word and it means to yoke or to bind. And it's often interpreted as a union or kind of like a method of discipline. And so to yoke or to bind, but to yoke and to bind the body and the breath. So it's pretty simple. It's really nothing crazy, but that's essentially what yoga means. So it's all about really connecting the mind 
and the body and the breath. Next most common question, I get this actually quite a lot, and I usually get this question more when I'm in the studio or uh, from students who are currently practicing and students who are actually at the studio, um, putting in their work, putting in their time, and it's what does OM mean? So I guess to me, when I started my practice, I really didn't care what it meant. I was just like, oh, it's something that we say. But then when you learn what it actually means, it kind of just stuck with me and it's really, really cool. So OM is a mantra or a vibration that is traditionally chanted at the beginning and the end of yoga sessions. Um, and traditionally that's chanted before and after. Um, not always, generally, <laughs> generally it's not, but it actually is said to be the sound of the universe. So it's supposed to be this rhythmic vibration and it's supposed to basically represent everything that exists and everything that pulsates um, in the universe. So, Om, who knew that cute little word had so much meaning behind it? Next one, next question, next misconception um, is, do I have to be vegetarian or vegan to practice yoga? And a lot of people actually ask me as a teacher if I am vegetarian or vegan. And yes and no. So the first principle of like the yoga philosophy is ahisma, which means non-harming to self and others. So it depends on kind of how you interpret this. So you might interpret that as not harming yourself and others as not harming any other animals or any other living thing on the planet. So some of you might fall into that category, might believe that and might find yourself vegan or vegetarian for that reason. Um, it's kind of a huge debate. I'm not going to lie. It's a really big debate within the yoga community. Um, I think majority of majority, excuse me, of us are actually very, very mindful about what goes into our bodies. We're very, very mindful about how we affect the universe and how we affect animals and other living things. Um, you do not have to be a vegetarian you don't have to be a vegan in fact when i started my practice i was neither of those i ate like chicken and eggs every single day so you don't have to be to start your practice at all and don't feel bad you're not gonna walk into a studio and have someone tell you that you can't practice here because you're not vegan or vegetarian and actually now that i say that i should probably knock on wood because someone's gonna write me and be like that happened to me which that's not my business. But all I'm saying is that you do not have to be a vegan to vegetarian to practice. So don't get caught up in that. And being either of those, being a vegetarian or a vegan, shouldn't even be something that you impose on others. And that kind of aggression um, and that just kind of action itself isn't even an expression of it himself. So no, the short answer is you do not have to be a vegan or a vegetarian to do yoga. Next question or next misconception actually is yoga is just stretching. <sighs> I just really hate this because if you've ever been to a yoga class, you know that it is not just stretching. It's so much more kind of like we talked earlier. It is the combining of the mind, the body, and the breath. 
uh, a lot of strength gets built in a lot of the postures. Um, it's so much more than stretching, you guys. I think about all of the benefits I suffer and I still do with PTSD uh, and anxiety. And practicing yoga every day, I'm not saying this cures that, but has made it's so much more manageable in my life. And that's something that I'll never take for granted ever again. So it's a lot. And this question is such kind of like a loaded, or this question, excuse me, but this misconception is so loaded with that everyone has their own different experience within yoga. Some like it for a workout, some like it for building strength, some only like hot yoga, some only like yoga nidra, which is pretty much yoga nap time is what I call it. Um, but everyone's yoga experience is different and it's very, very sacred. And yoga sometimes is the only safe place that some people have. So be mindful if you assume that yoga is just stretching and be mindful about how maybe the way that you talk about something else that someone might really, really love can affect them or even upset them. And next one, I'm not flexible. I can't even touch my toes. So why would I do yoga? And this one hits home because I used to say the same thing. I used to be like, I can't touch my toes. Why would I go to a class that's all about touching your toes? Well, as we've learned in the last 10 minutes that it's not about touching your toes. And the reason you do yoga isn't so that you can touch your toes. Like I said, of course, everyone's practice is a lot different and everyone's practice is sacred to themselves. Um, but touching your toes is kind of just like a side effect. That's what happens after you begin to come to the practice. So a lot of people um, have other issues like back issues or shoulder issues, or they wanna gain some strength, they wanna work on balance, so they come to yoga. and. Honestly, touching your toes is just a result. And you know, sometimes you might not even ever touch your toes in some cases, in certain cases, and that's fine. And let me tell you, still touching my toes some mornings is a struggle, but that doesn't define my practice. Being able to touch your toes does not define you as a yogi, does not define your practice, it doesn't define your work ethic, it doesn't define any of that. It is simply just a result, it is just a side effect of practicing. Moving forward, yoga is a religion and I'm Christian, so therefore I cannot do it. Okay, no, that's not true. First of all, this is coming from a born and raised entire schooling, went to Catholic, went to private schools, and here I am as a yoga teacher. So yoga is not a religion. Now, it can be a religion for some people and that you just need to define terms. You just need to ask yourself what religion means to you. Um, but by the books, yoga is not a religion. It's a philosophy. It is a philosophy that began in India about, what is it, 5,000, six years ago? Sorry, someone's going to fact check me. Um, yeah, it's not a religion, you guys. <laughs> it is literally just a philosophy. So um, it's kind of a way of life that you can live, but it is not a religion. Once again, up to whoever is practicing and if they want to make it their religion and that's up to them, by all means, more power to you. And this next one actually is kind of a misconception that 
I just forgot actually exists still. So I have a good friend previously mentioned, Trevor Hendrickson, subtle plug. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But he actually brought it up to me and he said, why do people always think that men judge or why do people always, I gotta think how I want to word this, assume that men who go to yoga are only going to look at girls in yoga pants. And maybe it's because I just have such a teacher mind and that when I'm teaching, I am not looking at other people. I'm not thinking that, you know, so-and-so in the back left corner is attractive. I'm going to get his digits. Like that never crosses my mind. I like, once you come to that mat and I speak about this from a teacher standpoint and from a student standpoint, but once you come to your mat, you drop all the crap and it's just you, your mind, your body, your breath on your mat. You're not thinking about the girl in front of you whose butt probably looks fantastic in those new Lululemons because let's be real, Lululemon. I just love Lululemon. Anyway, back to the topic. I just, I guess maybe that's me as a teacher, but I, that thought never crosses my mind anymore. So when he asked me that, I was like, oh my goodness, that is something that I need to address. So... I asked him, I said, honestly, when you're at yoga and you're practicing, do you look at that? Do you look at other women's butts? And do you only go because you want to just look at girls in yoga pants? And we, he, we just laughed about it, but he was like, absolutely not. I go for the other benefits. I go because someone, you know, told me that it was going to help me and it was going to help my body and be able to help me deal with my traumas. And like I said, I say that from the same, this, I sit at the same point of view and, um, I can, and I, of course I don't want to ever say 100% something. I don't want to ever tell you that 100% men never, never has a man gone to a yoga class only to look at women's backsides. But I can assure you that generally that's kind of the last thing on your mind. And if you think about it, like, does anyone actually look cute doing like a warrior one or a warrior? Like, no, you don't look like what? I don't know. So that, like I said, that completely blew me out of the water. I didn't even really think of that as a misconception. I totally didn't even, I didn't even think about it. I didn't think it was a thing. Um, but there's my two cents on it. There is my opinion on it. And I can pretty much tell you that most males in the yoga community would not for a second think that you're coming to look at other women's butts. And lastly, bringing it home with a misconception that I actually didn't really even know was a misconception until a lot of people actually mentioned it to me. Um... But it's that yoga is not for old people or older people or whatever you want to call them. Um, and this is so false because there are so many different types of yoga. There's slower paced yoga um, if you need that. Like you can have like an easy flow, a slow vinyasa, slow flow. 
Um, you can have, like I said, yoga nidra where you do, um, I'm just yoga nap, yoga nap is what we're going to call it. <laughs> um, and I'll explain a little bit about these and I'll go in depth about each kind of yoga in another episode. That's just a different podcast for a different time, but there are different types of yoga. There's chair yoga, there's beginner yoga, there's all different types of yoga that are meant for all different types of people. And of course, a beginner is a beginner, right? So anybody who's brand new to yoga is going to find poses and the postures, connecting the breath, all of that very, very confusing. Um, Doesn't matter what age you are. You're just going to be kind of confused by that. But there are so many modifications you can make. There are so many amplifications that you can make. And there's so many ways that you can adjust your practice so that it's tailored to you. And... I always, you know, tell people that when this comes up, that there are older people who are far better than me, who have a more devout practice, who are more flexible than me. And that's just how it is. Yoga is for everyone. It's not just for one type of person. It's not just for a certain age group. It's not just for women. It's for everybody. And you can really make it your own. So that brings me to my conclusion. Um, These were all, like I said, some of the most common questions and some of the most common misconceptions of yoga. And there are tons more, you guys. There are tons more. But I, these are just the ones that I wrote down that I noticed that I see over and over and over again. And I feel like I'm constantly always addressing them. And they're all valid questions. They're all, you know, reasonable. I mean, they sound reasonable for someone who doesn't understand or really know the practice. So that's all I have to share today. I want to thank each and every single one of you for listening here on The Virgin Yogi, and I will see you next week. Namaste.